The Productive Woman, Episode 273. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me. In this episode, we'll be talking about choosing and using a planner. You'll find more information and links to some resources I mentioned all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 273. This episode is brought to you by HoneyBook. If you run your own business, you're used to doing it all. But if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, HoneyBook can help. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. HoneyBook makes it simple to run your business better. Professional templates, e-signatures, and built-in automation keeps everything on track and makes you look good. They can even consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp or Gmail. It's the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers and business owners. Save time and do more of what you love with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering the Productive Woman listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash TPW. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. So go to honeybook.com slash TPW for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash TPW. Okay, so let's get into our topic. Uh, If you are struggling to get through your to-do list, whether you're a business owner or not, maybe you need a planner. Maybe you already use one and you love it, but uh, maybe you're considering as we're going into, you know, we're wrapping up a year and going into a new one, you're looking at planners and considering how you're going to manage all your appointments and to-dos and so on in the coming year. So I thought it would be a good time to talk about planners and how to choose one, some things to consider as you're looking at them, how to use it and, and make the most of whatever planner you're using. So what is a planner? Well, at its most basic, it's a resource or a tool that's used to manage appointments, projects, and tasks. You can often also use it to capture goals, journal memories, plan projects, all those sorts of things that can be done in a planner. So when I'm talking about a planner, that's what I'm talking about. And you all know that I like my digital tools and for task management, I typically use a, a digital task manager, but I have over the years used paper planners. And that's mostly what we'll be talking about in this episode is paper planners and how we can choose and use them. So what purpose does a planner serve? What can it do for you? Well, it's a place to capture information and ideas. That's the basic purpose of a planner. And that's what it can do for you. It's a place to get those things out of your head onto a piece of paper. What can't it do? Well, it's important to keep in mind what not only what planners can do, but what they cannot do for us. A planner cannot identify what's important to you. And a planner 
can't take action for you. All it can do is reflect back to you what you put into it. And so to achieve results, having a planner is not enough. You have to find or create the motivation to act. And we've talked in past episodes about motivation, where it comes from, how we can create motivation to get things done. I'll try to remember to put a a link or two in the show notes to some episodes where we've talked about this in the past. And I do expect we're going to be talking about it more in the coming year, uh, how to get ourselves to do those things that we've planned for, uh, those things that we want or need to do. But in any event, the planner doesn't do the stuff for you, right? It's a place to capture those ideas and the information you need but to, to get the results that you want, you have to take action. The planner can be the place where you create a roadmap and an action plan, but you've got to do the work. You've got to actually take the, whatever steps that you've planned. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here uh, later on in the episode. So if you're looking for a planner, if as you know, we're, uh, if you're listening to this episode shortly after it came out, it's near the end of 2019. And we're all kind of thinking about what 2020 is going to look like for us and how we're going to manage the things that we want to do. And so maybe you're looking for a planner or you, maybe you've already chosen one and I'd love to hear what you're using uh, for as far as planner to manage your tasks and your appointments and those sorts of things. If you're looking for a paper planner, uh, well, and, and truly this applies even if you're using a digital task manager, what are some of the things we need to consider when we're trying to decide what to use for as a planner? The first thing is really, what is it you need to manage? Is it tasks? Is it uh, big projects? Is it activities and appointments that you need to participate in or prepare for? Are you trying to track ideas that you're having? Do you want to keep track of memories of things that happen as, as the days go by? Uh, all of those are things that can be done in a planner if you have the right kind of planner that makes a space for that. So knowing what you want to do with your planner is probably the first step in in choosing the right one that's going to serve those purposes. You know, if you want to have a place to capture ideas and maybe journal some memories, then maybe you're not going to want a, a, a real small one that, that only has space for just listing tasks or listing appointments. Maybe you want to make sure you get a planner that has space to allow you to journal or to, to grab those ideas. Another thing to think about is the size. Is it more important for you to have a planner that's very portable that will fit in your purse or your, your computer bag, or is it more important for you to have lots of space to get into detail on project planning or, uh, you know, journaling or those sorts of things. Those are two different kinds of planners, probably. I mean, you can get portable ones that give you space for journaling and for um, catching ideas during those mind dumps and those sorts of things. But you've got to know what you're looking for. So think about which is more important to you. Is it more important that it be small and portable? Or more important that you have the space to to go into detail on the things that you're going to be using it for? you probably want to have a, uh, something that's going to give you the big picture view. So 
either that it already has pages f- with a uh, that give you a month at a glance, or that there's space in it where you can create your own monthly view of appointments and all those sorts of things. Being able to get that big picture view is a really important purpose for a planner. Uh, and you probably need uh, to think about whether you want to be able to do detailed planning in your planner. So there's the big picture view, being able to look at a whole month at once is really useful a lot of times to give yourself a sense of what's coming up. What do I need to be thinking about? What do I need to make sure that I'm prepared for and have space in my and energy for? But on the other side of it, usually people are going to want to be able to do some detailed planning in there. And so maybe you want a week at a glance or a day at a glance where you've got space to put, to go into more detail about specific events. So a month at a glance is only going to give you just, you know, you have a little bit of space to just get the the main key points of, you know, date, time, space, or, or place, Uh, But if you want to go into more detail, you need uh, more space, obviously. So a week at a glance or a day at a glance. Those are some of the kinds of things to think about. Do you want those things? Which is important to you? Which which do you need to have space for in the planner that you're going to use? Basically, for a planner to be useful, that is for it to accomplish the purpose that we have a planner for, It has to be both functional and it has to be appealing. So that is, it's got to be functional so it can do what you need it to do, what you specifically need it to do. So it needs to have the right amount of space for you, the right layout for the things you want to do in it. And it needs to be portable if that's something you want. So it's got to be functional. It's got to have the right pieces in it to, to do what you need your planner to do, but it also needs to be appealing. So you'll actually use it. If you don't like the feel of it, if you don't like the, you know, paper quality is a big deal to you and you don't like the feel of the paper, if you don't like the format of it or the design of it, Uh, you probably won't enjoy using it and you won't actually use it. And that's going to be different for everybody. Some of us want a very minimalist type of look to it, just, you know, maybe the page numbers and um, lots of white space in it. Others of us want it more decorative and maybe want a design throughout it or quotes or different things. That's what's so cool about uh, when you're looking for a planner there are so many options available. Anywhere you go, you're going to find, whether it's Walmart or a mall or a stationery store or online, you can find so many different types of planners in terms of what they look like, how they're, what their layout is and all of that. So f- being aware that, you know, we all have a different aesthetic, a different, uh, a preference in terms of what it looks like. Some of us want, you know, cartoons, some of us want flowers, some of us just want black and white. Knowing that about yourself can help you narrow the field because while it's fun to look at planners and there are so many options, that can be overwhelming. And so giving some thought before you even go looking to what is it, what do I like? You know, look around your house and and do you like to have lots of different things on the walls or things on your counters? Or do you like 
uh, clear space, that might give you a hint as to the, the design and format and layout of a planner that you might like. So think about those things as you're considering which planner you want to use, because to be useful, again, it's got to be both functional, it's got to do what you need it to do, but it's also got to be appealing to you uh, so that you'll actually pick it up and use it. And again, think about um, in terms of format, what do you want? Do you want maximum flexibility in how you use it? So maybe, you know, on one end of the spectrum, there's the, a, basically a blank notebook that you can format and design and decorate to suit your own taste and your own purpose. That's, that's one end, that maximum flexibility in your planner. On the other end of the spectrum is maybe you prefer to have maximum guidance. So you might be looking for a planner that's already dated. The pages are formatted with uh, sections for different things and prompts for uh, filling in information that are specific to the kinds of things you want to do with your planner. Think about that. Um, I in the past have used a planner that's all sort of pre-formatted and each page is dated already and it's got space for certain things. And I've liked those kinds of planners. Uh, nowadays, besides using, you know, my digital tools, I have kind of gone the other direction. And the planner that I use is a bullet journal that's just a blank dot grid pages that I can set up the layout that has the the components that are useful to me. And if I want to decorate it, I can, but honestly, most of the time I don't, I'm not very artistic, but if you are, you know, you might enjoy uh, creating those layouts and decorating the pages with, uh, with whatever, you know, I've seen some amazing bullet journal layouts done on, you know, people post YouTube videos where they, you know, decorate it with watercolor or, or markers or different things. And you can, that, that can be a great outlet for your creativity if you want to do that. So you may want maximum flexibility. For me, what I like about a blank notebook to start from isn't so much the decorating it as it is um, knowing that my, my days kind of, there's an ebb and flow to it. And so I may have a week where I have very few tasks to write down and not many appointments. And I might get a whole week in a page or two. And then I might have a period of time, like we're just coming through as I'm recording this, we're going to be moving the day after tomorrow. And there's been lots of things I've needed to do. And I'll have several pages used for one day, uh, for not just the, the tasks that I need to do, but information that I'm gathering from, you know, service providers and their phone numbers and my notes from the phone conversations with them. And so all of that can just go in consecutive pages and they're all right there together. And then I'll pick up the next week, you know, on the next page. So that's one of the great things about using a blank book is it can flex with you uh, as your schedule flexes. But on the other hand, those formatted dated pages can be really handy, very quick. You just open it up and you can go to work and you don't have to do a layout or anything like that. So as I mentioned, and as I'm sure you know, there are so many different formats and types and sources of planners. There are uh, lots of different places you can get them. As we were packing and getting ready to um, to move, we took several boxes of, of books to 
a, a half priced bookstore to turn them in, you know, they'll buy them for you at just pennies on the dollar. It's really, you don't get much money for them, but at least I know they're going somewhere where somebody's going to be able to, to get some use out of them. And while they were going through the books we brought in, I was kind of wandering around seeing what they had on the shelves and they had several shelves full of different types of planners, just a huge variety. Again, that whole spectrum from just blank notebooks, whether lined or blank pages or dot grid or different kinds of things, all the way up to the ones where there was a page a day already dated and, you know, with the lines to put your appointments in and your uh, another section to put your tasks and all that sort of thing. So, you know, even, even a, just a regular bookstore is going to have planners that you can choose from. Um, you can certainly order tons of different choices from Amazon. And I'm going to be sharing later on in this episode, some suggestions from some of the women in the productive woman community, Facebook group and where they get their planners, which planners they use and that sort of thing. So those are, you know, different sources. So lots of places to get them, lots of, of form factors, I guess. Uh, a lot of different ones are, they may be bound like a, you know, like a book bound, or there are three ring binder type planners and there are disc bound planners or spiral bound, depending what suits you, whether you want to be able to add pages or take pages out, that may make a difference for you. You may, if you want to be able to put different sections or move things around, a three ring bound or disc bound version might be great for you. So look for those. And again, as we've talked about, there are pre-made, um, already pre-formatted planners. And there are those that we buy a blank notebook of some type and created ourselves, and dated and undated ones. The, the dated ones are convenient, but then you can also have the, the sort of guilt factor. If you go a few days without actually using your planner and you've got all those blank pages, whereas with a, with a bullet journal or an undated planner, you can just, you know, if you skip a few days, it doesn't matter. You just pick up where you left off, you know, turn the page and just go for, for it. So it can be fun. It can be overwhelming at the same time to look at all the different types of planners that are out there, but think about what, what might work for you and, you know, spend a little time at a, at a bookstore or a stationery store, flipping through even Walmart or target, flipping through different types and see what catches your eye and what looks interesting for you. There is no one right type of planner that's going to work for everybody. It really depends on the use you're going to be putting it to and what you need from it. There are some things you can think about once you've chosen a planner that you're going to use, uh, some tips for using it well. First of all, be consistent. Develop that habit of writing everything in your planner. Don't try to keep things in your head because as we've talked about before, our brains are better at having ideas than they are at storing them. And it's uh, anything we're trying to remember, just, you know, we think, oh, I'll remember that I need to do this or this thing or that other thing. Each little thing that we are trying to remember is 
taking a little bit of energy from our brain and a little bit of attention from things that could, it could better be spent on. So develop that habit of writing everything down at every appointment, every task that you're going to do, you know, all of those things, instead of trying to hold any of it in your head, that consistency is what's going to make it work best for you. Another thing, uh, is to be not, not only consistent, but be persistent. That is stick with something. So choose a planner and stick with it for at least six months to give yourself time to develop that habit and know that it really, um, really is going to work for you. It's, easy to get sort of distracted by other options when we're in the middle of doing something or, you know, using one tool and then we see something else and we think, oh, maybe that would work better. I'm going to switch and do that. And we can spend a whole lot of time trying different things and, and messing with our planners instead of actually getting stuff done. And so I, I encourage you to choose one knowing that anything can work. Um, there isn't one that's going to be perfect. Um, and, you know, choose one that you, that you like the look of, you like the feel of, that you like the format of, and stick with that one for at least the next six months and before you even think about changing to a different one. And third, be realistic. As you are using your planner, as you sit down at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, whenever you do your planning, um, recognize and be realistic about what you can accomplish in a day or a week or a month. And don't try to do everything. Don't try to uh, uh, over over schedule yourself because it, that just leads to frustration. Again, we've talked about this so many times. Recognize what you can do and be sure to um, avoid the urge to fill up every minute of every day and fill up every page in your planner with lists and lists and lists of things. We all need breaks. We all need downtime. And if we fill our calendar with, you know, one appointment after another day after day, that's where burnout comes from. That's where frustration comes from. And that's where we end up not really doing a good job of anything because we're exhausted. So try to, as you're scheduling in what you're going to be doing for a given day or a given week, be sure to schedule in some downtime when you're not committed to things. Uh, remember to schedule that buffer time in between appointments to give yourself time to take a breath, take a bathroom break, whatever, get up and go walk around a little bit. Back-to-back appointments um, may feel efficient, may seem like it's going to be efficient, but, uh, we need, we need a little bit of buffer time between things to avoid overstressing ourselves. So to that point, when you plan, uh, and I'm going to do an episode probably in January about the planning process and get into that into more detail. And so this is just meant to be kind of a little, you know, hitting the highlights here. But one of the things that I think is important, and I I have to work on this because I forget to do this. When you're planning, say you're planning for a week, make sure to include time for things that 
that feed you, that nurture you as a person, whatever that might be for you. Anything from, you know, if you, if you love a spa day, when are you going to schedule one of those? Uh, if you like to get a manicure, if you need to have, or want to have lunch with a friend just to catch up and have that human connection, or even if it's just a cup of tea and a, and a chapter or two of a good book or a nap or something, plan those things into your days, your weeks, make sure that you have that time in there and not just, uh, you know, expect that you'll, you'll, it'll happen at some point. I think we need to start our planning with those sorts of self-care type things. Uh, because if we're not taking care of ourselves at some point, we're, we're going to end up really not being very useful for anybody else either. So those are, you know, some of my tips for using your planner. Well, whatever it is, be consistent, be persistent, be realistic, and make sure you plan uh, time on purpose for those things that feed you uh, physically, emotionally, and uh, spiritually, whatever those things are for you, just fit those in. So I wanted to kind of share just a few th- ideas. I, I reached out to the women in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group as I was thinking about this episode, and I asked them, what do you use for a planner? Why do you like it? How do you use it? And I wanted to share some of those things because there's some great tips, both specific planners that they recommended and just also a little bit of how they use it that might give you some ideas for how you could use a planner to make your days work a little better for you. So Kara says, my main priority is size and layout. I need something that is portable and has a layout that works for my needs. She says, traditionally, I've gone with an unstructured layout just days and months, but next year I'm going to try a structured pre-designed space for goals, routines, and habit tracking and so on. Uh, she, she also says, I think choosing a layout can be important. And here's something she said that I thought was such a great idea. She said, many people say you should take some paper and think about the layout you need in advance of getting a planner and draw it out. And I thought that was a great idea to sit down and think before you go out and start looking at planners, think about what do I want to keep track of in here? What do I want to use it for? So do I want uh, a month at a glance, like we talked about earlier? Do I want to be able to see my whole week and have my appointments all, you know, on like, say, a two page spread or something like that? appointments on one side and my to-do list on the other? Do I want a page for each day broken up into appointments and to things to do, things to buy, uh, you know, what people to call, whatever. Think about what you routinely need to remember or do something about and maybe sketch out what layout might work for you. And then with that in mind, go look at what's available in the store. So I thought that was great. When I asked Kara what planner she's going to use, because she is switching from the kind of unstructured to a more structured one, she said she's using something called the Phenomenal Woman 12-Month Planner. And she shared a link with that. So I'll put that in the show notes. I thought that was really good. Uh, Christy says, I use a disc bound bullet journal. I invested in a disc punch and keep all of the kids school schedules inside of it. I also keep lists for things like the kids school supply list for next year since school supplies go on clearance in the fall. So when I see sales, I know what we need and what we don't. 
Um, so I thought that was great. And she said, uh, she also said, I'm trying out some of the pages from the living well spending less planner right now. So that's another planner, uh, that's made by a particular company. Um, and I've heard a lot, I haven't looked at that one myself, but I've heard a lot about it and I was tempted to, to pick up uh, one of those just to look at it. So I'll try to find a link and put that in the show notes as well. If you want to take a look at that one, Kim says, um, she, she loves talking about planners. She says, I look for simplicity. I use a paper daily planner for business and a weekly planner for home. And she also uses a Google calendar. Um, she said all appointments immediately are put in the electronic calendar. And then each month and each week, as I plan out my time, I move things into my paper planner. I like the planner to be large enough to write freely, have quality paper, have appointment time slots and blank line spaces for writing my results for the day, a list of to do's and notes and reminders and so on. Uh, Kim also likes a monthly spread, she says, so I can see the month view. I like to have several blank pages to use for monthly planning and upcoming ideas. I use a current projects and next project system and having those blank sheets keeps me organized and plan for what's going on now and what's coming up in the next month or two. Uh, so she, I, I thought that was a great idea. She, uh, she also says, I also use colored pens for different areas or categories of my business, same colors for my Google calendar too, and washi tape to mark off, uh, days off or holidays. So I'm not prone to do just this little thing on a day off. So I think what she's saying here, and I thought this was good. So she's got a calendar that has like a monthly view or whatever. And if it's a day off or a holiday, she covers it up with washi tape so that she's not tempted to write tasks in there. I think that's what she's saying. I thought that was good. She likes to have a, a, a planner with a page marker. So a lot of them come with ribbons or something like, or a clip or something to mark whatever your current page is. Um, though she says I can use post-it flags if needed. Uh, in addition, I also use it to know how much time I have so then I can organize what I know I need to do and actually get to producing, um, our important productivity of it all to see results. Um, so I thought that was good. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Kim. Marianne says, I don't use a paper planner. I write my to-dos in a notebook and recurring tasks go uh, to into one of two electronic calendars, Google for bills and BusyCal for my work schedule and appointments. So she's using a hybrid system, uh, which a lot of us do. Kelly pointed out that there are a bunch of awesome options for custom planners at a place called a site called agendio.com. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Kelly says they let you design the layouts in a lot of detail, the number of pages, notes, and spreads. I've used it once and loved how it came out. I've been thinking about revisiting it for my next planner versus a Circa bullet journal. And so she shared a link for that, which I'll put in the show notes. So there, there's a, a way you can have a, a pre a formatted planner, but you've designed it exactly the way you want to. And that's at agendio.com. 
Elizabeth says, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is watching planner unboxings and flip throughs on YouTube. I had no idea these were even a thing until last summer. Uh, and they are, <laughs> Elizabeth, you're so right. They are a thing. There are tons of YouTube videos of people unboxing their new planner or showing the layouts they've designed in their bullet journals. So if you're looking for ideas on how to set up a planner in a way that's going to be functional for you, uh, you can probably get some inspiration from YouTube. Elizabeth goes on to say, my ideal planner would be one that I could keep personal info, school lesson plans and meetings and volunteer nonprofit board information. I whittled it down to two books plus my iPhone. I'm a work in progress as we all are. Um, she says she likes bloom planners for personal and for teaching. And she's thinking of trying a plum paper planner. They have lots of options for personalizing the layout to tailor it to your needs. So I'll look for links for those as well. Christine says, I love, love, love my Franklin Covey binder and have started printing my own pages to follow the Harada method, um, which I don't know what that is, but I'm going to check it out. Um, she points out that paper never crashes. And when Siri is, ha is sorry for having trouble with the internet, I can jot down a note or reminder in my planner. So good point, Christine. Paper does not crash. <laughs> Elizabeth likes a certain style of calendar because she has her schedule and her to-do list in the same place. And she shared a photo, which I'll see if I can put that in the show notes so you can see kind of the layout that she likes. She says, I schedule my to-dos and can easily see if they're realistic. I also have a small paper monthly calendar in my purse and share an eye calendar with my husband on my phone. So that's uh, another kind of hybrid system that works well for a lot of us. Maggie says a lot of layouts will work for me. So I base my decision entirely on how it looks. I like bright colors and patterns. I use Google calendar for my schedule and write my, uh, write to do's in my planner. So, you know, and, and Maggie's got a good point there. The fact is a lot of different layouts can work. Anything can work if we just work with it, if we use it. So it's not like there's one that's going to be perfect, but for her, she's figured out that she likes to have something that's very colorful and pretty. And so that's what she looks for. It makes it, you know, brings her a little bit of joy each time she opens it up. And knowing that about yourself is important as you go out looking. Jenny says, I use a digital calendar for my shared calendar with my husband, but my own planner is paper. For years, I designed my own planner pages using a dot grid, I never can pronounce that word, sorry, y'all, or Moleskina, but finally settled on an Archer and Olive undated year planner. I have no time to design my own pages. I think a lot of us feel that way, Jenny. The Archer and Olive Planner is large enough to keep my personal work and volunteer life in one place with space for notes and some personalization, but small enough to fit in my regular purse or carry to meetings. I use different colored pens for each of the three areas of my life. It has dot grid pages in between each month that I use for all of the extra pages I would design in the previous blank notebooks. It's definitely not cheap, but worth the price to keep everything in one place and organized. So uh, that Archer and Olive, again, I'll try and, and find a link to put in the show notes if you want to check that one out. Sounds like it could be a good possibility for a lot of us. 
So my own system, as I've talked about before, my primary kind of the the master list of tasks for me is in OmniFocus, a digital task manager, and my calendar is kept digital as well. But that and that's those are kind of like the the main where everything lives. But I also carry a bullet journal where I do a weekly spread. I usually do it on Sunday evening where I can, uh, you know, draw it out. And I have, I'm not very creative. I don't do, some, do something new every week. I don't decorate it. I use different colors of markers to draw the lines for the sections, but it's basically a two page spread that has a, a block for each day of the week. And then a small section for to do things and a small section of things for the coming, the next week in case something comes up that I want to make sure I remember. And I just, that's where I write kind of my, these are the things I'm going to do today. And so I'll put a note for, you know, for Monday, you know, what, if I have any appointments, those get written at the top of the Monday box. And then my short list of tasks that need to get done that day. And that really works well for me for the reasons that I've talked about earlier. And so it's very unstructured. I, other than the structure I've created for it myself, I did go out over the last couple of months, not surprisingly, I get lots of emails about different planners and journals and, and, uh, resources like that. Uh, and I actually bought a few in the last couple of months cause I knew I was going to do this episode and I wanted to take a look at, uh, just two or three of them that, uh, I thought looked interesting. These, so I'm, I'm going to mention those and tell you what I, what my impression of them, of each of them is in case you want to have a look at them and they kind of go the spec. So there are three specifically that I looked at and they, they are kind of across the spectrum, the, from unstructured to more structured. And so the first one is James Clear's clear habit journal. And so this kind of goes along with his book, atomic habits, uh, which we've talked about in the past. And of the three that I kind of looked at that, and, and again, these were not given to me. I just, I went out and bought them so that I could look at them and spend a little time with them. And of the three, this one is the least structured. It's most like a, a bullet journal with mostly just dot grid pages, but it has a section near the begin at the beginning with kind of quarterly a line a day journal type thing. So there's a space where you can just write a few words each day about something significant that happened that day or just whatever you want to remember. And then at the end, there are several pages of habit trackers that you can write habits that you're wanting to develop and, and track those. And those are perforated. So you can take the page out and post it in a visible location as you're trying to develop the new habit. I really liked the paper in this one. Uh, it had a small section of guidance on different ways to use it as a planner slash journal type thing. Has a uh, an elastic band to keep the book closed, and two ribbon page markers and a pocket in the back for those loose you know receipts or whatever papers uh, you might want to tuck back in there. It's a nice size, um, you know, kind of bullet journal size, but a uh, really easy, easy to carry around and easy to personalize to suit your needs. 
And so that's one I can recommend if you're looking for something very um, flexible and adaptable to your own personal approach. The second one I looked at is Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner. And I think we talked um, earlier this fall about his book, Focus, his book on focus. And uh, this planner kind of goes along with that. It's a little more structured than Clear's uh, Clear Habit Journal but it is undated. So you can start anytime you want. You don't have to wait till the beginning of the month or the beginning of a year. You date the pages as you go along. And it's a a nice planner with various sections, including month at a glance, uh, weekly preview pages to help you kind of help guide you in, in looking at the coming week and planning it intentionally. And then daily pages with space at the top for your three big tasks for the day. And then a section for appointments and time blocks on one side and uh, just lines for other tasks beside those big three and notes. It too, like, like the other one has a pocket inside the back cover for, you know, tucking in those loose pages and an elastic band to keep it closed if it's in your bag and two ribbon page markers. So again, nice setup. It's that kind of bullet journal size uh, and very portable. The third one I bought and looked at is um, Susan May Warren's planner. And you might remember her. She was a guest on the show. She's a best-selling author and she has created a planner called uh, the Brilliant Writing Planner. And it, it is not as portable as the other two. It's a full eight and a half by 11 spiral bound book with hard covers also has an elastic band to keep it closed. You know, if you if you carry a big tote, a tote bag or a computer bag or something, it certainly would fit in those to carry it around. But to me, it's a great desk planner. It has tons of space for planning. So, uh, and, and it starts with pages to guide you in a review of the past year, then goes into a section on planning pages for the coming year, thinking about the big picture of what you want your year to be focusing on your values and your priorities helping you to identify, set, and describe goals for the year, then break them down into quarterly targets. Um, and you know, there's, so there's pages for you to fill in, to do all of this, a lot of prompts for helping you really be intentional about what you're going to do with your time. And then it even has a couple pages where that you can like, that's like a week grid where you can block out time for your ideal week of the things you want to make sure you make time for in a week. Uh, So lots of planning type things. And then just your regular planner. It's this one is dated. So it's already got, uh, even has tabbed sections for each month and then month, a monthly view, weekly views, daily views. And Susie's planner was created for writers, but really anybody could use it. And certainly any creative could use most of it. Um, I like what I like about it is there's lots of prompts and and little quotes throughout it. And Hyatt's uh, planner has a lot of quotes throughout it as well. But Susie's got a lot of different quotes to kind of motivate you and get you focused on being very intentional about how you're using your time to accomplish the things that you've decided are important to you. And it takes a very holistic view of that. So it's not, even though, you know, it's a, a a writer's planner, it's kind of where she came at it from. It's, it 
it looks at things like it's got little trackers for make uh, how much water you drink and whether you're getting exercise and little habit trackers and things like that. So lots of uh, neat features about this one and definitely worth having a look at. So those are three that I, I, like I said, I went out and bought them just so I could have a close look at it to recommend them to you. There are tons more. Some of them were mentioned uh, by some of the other women in the community. I guess my final thoughts on all this is first of all, as I think I've already said, and I'm sure you know this, there is no one right planner that will magically change your life. Any planner can work for you if you use it consistently. But if you take a little time, you can find one that you're really, that's going to be functional and appealing enough to you that you're going to enjoy using it. A planner is a tool and you need to make it work for you rather than accommodating a format that somebody has designed because somebody else says it's awesome or because it was designed or recommended by somebody you admire. If it's not working for you, don't use it. Adapt it, cross things out, ignore sections that don't apply to you, make it work for you and the way your mind works and the way your days go. And I guess the last thing I would say is that planning is important. Being thoughtful and intentional about how we use our time is important. Uh, Rather than just letting life kind of come at us and reacting all of the time, what a planner can help us do is to give some forethought to what we're going to do with our time. So it's gathering information. It's a place to store those ideas we have or the appointments we have and all these sorts of things. But it's also a a tool to help us remember to think ahead and think on purpose about what do I want my days, my weeks, my months, my year to look like. And, And so that is important. But planning is not doing. It's very easy, and I'm raising my hand here because it's certainly easy for me to use planning to procrastinate. Um, whether, you know, we're trying to find the perfect planner and then have the perfect plan all figured out before we start. If that's not you know, that's not necessarily being productive. If we're not accomplishing anything, if we want results in our life, we have to take action. So choose a tool, use it in a way that makes sense to you to get the outlines of your plan, to get the beginnings of your plan, and then start taking action because we can always adjust the plan as we go. The plan is not the result. It is not the end that we're after to have a perfect plan what we're trying to accomplish is getting those things done that are important to us and making a life that matters. And, and if the right planner can be a great tool for that. So those are my thoughts on that. What do you think? Do you use a paper planner? Uh, Which one do you use and what do you like about it? Uh, How do you use it? I'd love to hear about that. I think this is, uh, it's interesting to me. And I think this is an area where, we can all help each other be more productive in all the best senses of the word. So you can share your thoughts or your ideas or your questions about this topic in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 273. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you are in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place where we can continue that, uh, that this conversation about this. And so please feel free to, to post a comment or a question there. 
If you'd rather share your thoughts about this with me privately, I would love to hear from you. So email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And uh, I will get back to you as quickly as I can. As I mentioned, we are moving right in the middle of the holiday season. So I'm a little behind on responding to emails, but I do love hearing from you. Before we go, remember, if you are running a business and need a, a tool that can help you manage that business and all the stuff that needs to be done there, HoneyBook, our sponsor, is offering you 50% off your first year when you visit honeybook.com slash TPW. Uh, this promotion applies with whatever payment plan you choose, whether it's monthly or annually. Again, just go to honeybook.com slash TPW for 50% off your first year, honeybook.com slash TPW. There will be a link in the show notes for that as well. And thank you so much to Honeybook for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I am grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile and that you found something in this episode that's helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon, uh, next time being on Christmas, I guess. Uh, And so until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. Oh, 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 oh,